Take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and following. Did you know that every year in the United States, multiple millions of dollars are spent on a very unique project? Some of the most sophisticated communication systems in the whole world are daily scanning the heavens of outer space. And what are they looking for? Any form of communications from extraterrestrial intelligent life. I read on a legitimate organization made this statement, science.org. If you got that website, you got to be legit, amen? Science.org, just this last July, put out an article describing the Galileo Project, named after the famous 16th century Italian astronomer, Galileo. The Galileo Project was launched for the purpose of searching out messages from extraterrestrial visitors to our solar system. Now, what prompted that? This, put this picture up there on the screen. That is a true-to-life rendering of something that came through our solar system, and they dub it Almuama'a. How about that? Or it might be called uh, Mua Mua, all right? Depends on if you're from the north or from the south. <laughs> Let me just read this, just the beginning of this article from science.org. The oddly shaped object that came whizzing past the sun and earth in 2017 on a trajectory from outside our solar system. I've seen the trajectory. It came into our solar system. And then it went straight back out. It just came in, and then it came right back out. Prompted wild speculation. Most scientists think the cigar-shaped visitor less than one kilometer long was a comet or an asteroid from a nearby star or some other cosmic flotsam. Now, I had to look flotsam up. I don't just say flotsam every day. Kind of sounds like your lip had a flat tire. Flotsam means the wreckage of a ship or its cargo found floating or washed up by the sea. But theoretical astrophysicist A.V. Loeb of Harvard University, this is not a fly-by-night guy, argued that Aumuamua, that's Hawaiian for scout, was actually an alien creation perhaps a light sail or an antenna or even a spaceship. Today he announced a plan to look for more such objects, a philanthropy-backed effort called the Galileo Project. The effort will use existing and new telescopes to systematically look for mysterious artifacts that could be satellites hiding in Earth's orbit inter stellar objects, whether natural or manufactured, that means extraterrestrial, and even unexplained crafts 
in Earth's atmosphere. He said, it really doesn't matter if it's a natural artifact or a relic, because if we'll just look, we're going to find something new. I'm not against scientists. I'm not making fun of this. I'd like to know what that thing was too. I'm not making fun of scientists. But when I think about people spending millions of dollars trying to hear a message from heaven, mankind wants to know if there's life out there beyond planet Earth. I mean, if you look at television nowadays, there's a plethora of all kinds of shows about extraterrestrial life. We assume nowadays that there must be some message and messenger out there speaking from the heavens, and we want it to come to us. I don't know if we'll ever see E.T. unless we watch him in the movie, but I do know that 2,000 years ago, earth received a message from heaven. His name is Jesus. That message did not originate with extraterrestrials. It originated with God Almighty. It didn't transmit through antennas. It came to us through angels. It didn't come to scientists. It came to lowly shepherds. That message didn't come from aliens. It came from Almighty God. And when that message came to man, that was when salvation came to earth. Look with me in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, we would say engaged to Joseph, before they came together, that is before they knew each other intimately, physically, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. Now, that's before you could just look on the little machine and figure out the, the gender. No, she will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took Mary as his wife, but he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Let's talk about when salvation came to earth. Number one, when salvation came to earth, according to our text, it came from God. That salvation came 
from God. Look at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. They were engaged. They were betrothed. But the Holy Spirit interrupted all of that, caused Mary to become pregnant with Jesus. She was a virgin. She miraculously conceived Jesus. The Spirit of God, the Bible says, came up on her and caused Jesus, the Son of God, to supernaturally be placed into her womb. And when Jesus came to earth, he was God's gift of salvation. Our sins can be forgiven because of that wonderful gift from God. Left to ourselves, we never would have searched for God. But God, when we couldn't get to God, God came to us. Salvation came to all mankind, not from man, but from God. I heard about a little boy that walked out into the woods and he got enamored with the woods and he was looking at the birds and he was looking at the squirrels and he was looking at the rabbits and he was just looking around and he just kept walking and he kept walking until suddenly he realized he was lost and he got afraid and he got anxious and he started crying out, help, help. And he started crying, but all of a sudden he heard a familiar voice. It was the voice of his father and his father came running. And when he heard the father's voice and when he saw his father's face and when he came into the grip of his father's arms, he knew that his father had found him. He didn't find his father. His father found him. And to me, that's the perfect picture of what happened when we get saved. I don't know about you. I wasn't looking for God. I was messed up. I was not living for Christ. But when I was not looking for him, praise God, he was looking for me. I was lost like that little boy, but I heard the voice of Jesus and he came after me. Some of you are lost and you don't even know it. You don't know Christ, but when the reality of your lostness sets in, there's going to be at first that fear, but you don't have to fear. You just need to turn to Jesus. He's pursuing you even right now. By his grace, you can hear the voice of the Father through the Son, through that verse from which I preached last week, John 3, 16, for God, read it with me, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You don't have to be afraid. You can just come to the Father 
through the Son, Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 8, Paul said this, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God came after us through Christ. John said it in 1 John 4, 9 and 10, by this the love of God was manifested in us that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. God came after us in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. When we were lost and we didn't know the way, God came to us. Hallelujah. (laughs) When salvation came to earth, it came from God. Secondly, our text says that when salvation came to earth, it came through the Jews. You ever wondered why this sinful world hates the Jews so much? Because they gave us the Messiah. Look at verse 19 and 20. Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he'd considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Joseph Son of David. There is a lot in that little phrase right there. Joseph, the Bible says, was a righteous man. He was a son. He was a descendant of David. Here we see the sovereign human lineage of salvation, of the Messiah. Salvation originated with the Jewish forefathers. I'm talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and his 12 sons. Abraham was the first. He was the forefather of the nation of Israel. He was called out of complete paganism to follow the Lord. I want to tell you something. If you don't think God can redeem you, think about people like Abraham, whom he pulled out of the miry clay, set his feet on a rock, put a new song in his heart of salvation and changed him and made him the father of faith a man who had been a pagan up to that point. We read about it in Genesis 12, verses one through three. I love these verses. Now the Lord said to Abram, later on it would be changed to Abraham, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. Sometimes you have to leave people around you who are lost, are not living for Christ, so that you can do the will of God. He left his family that didn't know the Lord. He said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. How? Through the Messiah. Abraham, I'm calling you and there's a lot more to this than you know. All of God's blessings to all mankind came down through Abraham and his descendants, the Jews, the Messianic lineage, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, who had 12 boys that became the 12 tribes of Israel. And then Judah was selected to bear the Messiah. And then a young boy named David from Bethlehem of Judea 
was selected to be the greatest king and it would be the son of David from Judah that the Messiah would come. And as we walk through that lineage, you walk through the whole Old Testament and it comes to the New Testament. And in the first chapter, right where I am today, it says, God fulfilled all of that through Joseph and through Mary who were of the sons of Judah and the Messiah was born. How did he come? How did he come? Through the Jews. Salvation comes to us through the Jews. Do you remember when Jesus was talking to the immoral woman at the well? Do you remember what he said to her? John 4, verse 19 and following, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Now that's the understatement of the New Testament. I perceive that you're a prophet. Well, yeah, sure am. I'm also the ones the prophets spoke about. But anyway, our fathers worshiped in this mountain, she said. And you people, that's what she called the Jews. You people, she's a Samaritan, say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. She's trying to get Jesus into argument. Anybody ever tried to get you into a theological argument? Don't do it. Don't step off into that quicksand. Jesus said to her, woman, <laughs> believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship, that is you Samaritans, worship what you, what you do not know. We, talking about the Jews, we worship what we know. For salvation is from, say it out loud, the Jews. Why do you think the devil hates the Jews so much? Because salvation comes through and from the Jews. Jews without Christ are not saved. Let me just say this. Anyone, Jew or Gentile, without Christ is not saved. But still, salvation comes to us through the Jewish lineage. Paul lamented that his Jewish brothers by the flesh were not his Jewish brothers by the Spirit. He said in Romans 9, I'm telling you the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. Now listen to this. This blows my mind. Every time I read it, verse three, for I could wish that I myself were accursed. It's the word for anathema. I could wish that I would go to hell. I'd be separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. He's talking about the Jews who are Israelites to whom belongs the adoption as sons, the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the temple service and the promises. Whose are the fathers and from whom is the Christ according to the flesh who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. He just gets happy at the end and has a doxology. But he says, listen, salvation comes through the Jews, but without Christ they are not saved. And I would literally give my soul and let it be sent eternally into hell if only the Jews would be saved. Now that's a love for lost people. 
salvation came from the Jews. Started out with Abraham, went down through his line, went down through David, came through a little couple. And then Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. You can't make this up. Only God could have thought of this. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Salvation came to earth, and when it did, it came through the Jews. Thirdly, when salvation came to earth, it came in a baby. <laughs> Who would have thought of that? A baby? Come on. Joseph was deliberating what to do about, now think about what I'm about to say, his pregnant fiance. Not the news you want when you're engaged, when you know <laughs> that baby's not yours. That's not the message you want to hear. Mary told him the truth. She'd conceived Jesus by the Holy Spirit. But it was just too unbelievable for Joseph to wrap his mind around. I understand that. Don't you understand that? I get it. Yet he was a righteous man. And he wanted to treat Mary kindly, even though he thought she had been unfaithful. So he said, I'll just quietly send her away. That send her away means I'll divorce her. But when the Lord's angel confronted Joseph with the truth, he described the special purpose for that baby in Mary's womb. Verse 21, she will bear a son. Not only will she bear a son, I've told you the gender, now I'm gonna tell you the name. You shall call his name Jesus. He didn't say, maybe she'll bear a son, maybe she, he said, you, she will bear a son, you will call his name Jesus. You know, when an angel is staring you down, you're going to do what he says, amen? Why? For he will save his people from their sins. What does that mean? Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. It's the same Old Testament word as Joshua. Joshua was the one who led the people of the Old Testament into the promised land. Jesus is now our saving Joshua who leads us into the holy land of heaven. Beautiful imagery in the most powerful, beautiful name ever to be spoken on earth. I want to tell you something. That's why, now just think with me. Nowadays, you can pray any way you want to, just don't pray in the name of Jesus. I was invited to a place to pray. It was a political area. It wasn't a political party. It was just a, a governmental situation. And they said, now look, we know you preach about Jesus, but don't, don't mention the name Jesus. And I thought, Partner, you got the wrong guy, man. Amen. So I prayed in the name of Jesus. I prayed Jesus on the biscuits. 
Jesus on the seats, Jesus on the roof. Not quite that, but I said Jesus a whole lot. Because he pulled me out of sin, changed my life. I'm ashamed of me sometimes, but I'm not going to be ashamed of him. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus that gives us salvation. Verse 22, now all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, shall bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel. Translated means God with us. Joseph knew he'd had more than a dream. He knew that God had spoken to him. God is a talker. Don't you ever forget that. God talks all the time. It's just that we don't listen. God's talking. And Joseph awoke from his sleep. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took Mary as his wife. He helped bear the burden of that pregnancy alongside Mary. When people would scold Mary, he would support her. And he embraced the sacredness of that holy situation. He delayed physical intimacy with Mary until she bore Jesus. Look at verse 25, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. Now they would go on to have biological children. The myth that some people promote that she remained a virgin is a myth. She and he came together later on and had children. They were not adopted. Uh, They were not children from a previous marriage of Joseph, that is not in the Bible. Mary did not remain a virgin. She was a virgin until she had Jesus. Then she had other children. But the Bible says all of this was to fulfill Isaiah's prophecy, Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child. She'll bear a son. You'll call his name Emmanuel. And I love also two chapters later, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For, would you read this with me? This is so beautiful. Would you read it with me? For a child would be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. How many of you are looking forward to that? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. A good day is coming. Amen. And his name, read with me now, will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. When God sent salvation, he didn't send it through an earthly king. He didn't send it through a president or a senator or a representative of the house. He didn't send it through a scholar with multiple PhDs. When God sent salvation, with all due respect, he didn't send it through a scientist or a philosopher. God sent his salvation to all mankind through a little bitty innocent baby. Only God would have done that. 
It didn't come. Salvation didn't come wrapped up as a Democrat or Republican. It didn't come watching CNN or Fox News. When salvation came, it came in a baby. When salvation came to earth, it came from God. It came through the Jews. It came in a baby. And praise the living God, when salvation came to earth, it came to all mankind. Look at verse 21. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Salvation is only in Christ. And if there's anybody in this room today who would give their heart to Christ, you can be saved today. God loves you. I want to say it again. Believe it. God loves you. He knows way more about you than you know about you. And he loves you. He knows every foul word you've ever said. He knows every foul thought you've ever had. He knows every sinful thing you've ever done. And even though he doesn't love your sin, he loves you the sinner. He loves you. But you've got a real problem. So do I. Sin. You and I have broken the laws of God. Not just the laws of man, but the laws of God. I saw somebody pulled over the other day. People are driving crazier nowadays than ever in my, my whole life. I stay to the right. I stay to the right over here in my little lane and just say, please don't hit me. They're flying everywhere. They'll pass you on the right. When there ain't nothing to pass on, except a sidewalk. They're just wild. They've lost their minds. And sometimes you feel like, I need saving. I want to tell you, you break the law, you speed in Memphis, one out of ten are going to get arrested. Amen. Or at least pulled over for a ticket. Bless our policemen's heart. They can't catch them all. But if you break the law, you're going to be punished. And guess what? You've broken God's laws. All have sinned. All have broken God's laws. And the penalty is spiritual death, separation from God. You're a sinner. You say, well, I don't believe I'm that bad. Don't go there. That bad, what are you talking about? Well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. That's not the issue. You have sinned, and you've sinned, whether you know it or not, selfishly against God. You've chosen to do what you want rather than what God wants. That's bad, at least in God's eyes. And there's punishment. God's not going to let you get away. You don't get away. Nobody ever gets away with sin. I don't get away with sin, neither do you. Nobody does. So you've got this sin problem, 
What are you going to do with it? You going to do better? That won't fix it. But aren't you grateful that when we were still in our sin, Christ came to be born of a virgin, to live a sinless life, to die an atoning sacrificial death, to pay the penalty for your sin and mine. Even though he had no sin, he bore your sin in his body on the cross. And Jesus died until he could say, to tell us die, paid in full, it is finished. And he was buried. He paid the penalty for your sin. It's already been paid. Don't you like that news? When you get that in, and you're opening it up, it looks like a bill, but then it just said paid in full. And you're saying, hallelujah. Let's go out to eat, amen? <laughs> well, I got news for you. Your sin debt has been paid. But you've got to receive it. You've got to open up the letter, if you will. How do I do that? You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to turn from your sins. It doesn't mean you stop sinning because we're all sinners, but it does mean that you apologize and you ask God to forgive you for your sins and you say, Lord, I don't want to keep living for myself. I don't want to keep walking my way. I want to do an about face. I want to turn. I want to repent. That's what repent means. Do a U-turn and start walking toward God. And then not only do you repent, but you believe. What do you believe? You believe that Jesus died and paid the penalty for your sins. You believe that Jesus rose from the dead to give you eternal life. You repent and you believe, and then one more, you receive. You ask Jesus to come into your life and save you. And the moment you do that, you become a Christian. You're not a Christian because you go to church. You're not a Christian because your mama's a Christian. You're only a Christian because you've received Jesus in your life. Whosoever praise God, shall call upon the name of the Lord, say it with me, shall be saved. You ever done that? You ever done that? You can do it today. You can do it right now. Jesus came to bring salvation. Luke 10, 2, 10 says, the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. John 3, 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. These last two verses are some of my favorites on the fact that God loves everybody. 1 Timothy 2, 3 and 4. Would you read it with me, please? This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires how many men? Thank you very much. All means all, and that's all all means. Thank you. Keep reading now. Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And he says the same thing. Peter says the same thing in 2 Peter 3, 9. Read it with me. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, that's not the issue. God will save you if you'll come to him through Jesus Christ. I love that old song, mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. 
I'm so glad that I can preach a whosoever will gospel. God loves everyone, not just some people. He loves everyone. Jesus died for everyone, not just for some people. Not just some people can be saved. Anybody can be saved if they'll repent, put their faith in Christ, believe savingly in him and receive him as Lord and Savior. When salvation came to earth, aren't you glad it came to all mankind?